Hi, and welcome to another episode of Unordained, the Skeptics podcast that's hosted by all ex-ministers. How's everybody doing today? Absolutely wonderful. Looking forward to this. Me too. Yeah, we we have a great guest today. Um, We're going to be speaking on conversion therapy. Um, And so it may not be a lighthearted conversation, but it's going to be a an important conversation. It's a subject that's pretty uh, close to my heart as well. You know, I've, um, as I've mentioned before, I raised two uh, gay kids in a very strict fundamental home. And as a pastor, I actually supported gay conversion therapy. Um, I, I wasn't like, mm, you know, I didn't, I didn't believe in, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it, shock therapy or anything like that. But I definitely believe that um, homosexuality was a sin and that, that God could deliver somebody from it. I mean, it's, I'm embarrassed that I believe that now, but a lot of people do. My daughter said to me that when, when I was just, when I was in the depths of my preaching and, and we live this wonderful Christian home, she said that I was always kind about that subject. And I, I never, I always had trouble with it, but I just couldn't, even as a strong Christian, I could not really mm. find it in me to, to be. And why why is this worse than murder? I'm glad uh, that 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 we're all out of that nonsense now. Yeah. And but it, it is sad for people to, who who were still. And I know the the theory of changing your 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 mm. whether or not you're gay or transsexual mm. or bisexual. Uh, the idea of changing that is sort of silly to me because it's like changing your DNA. You are what you, it's in your DNA. So if you yeah. study the science and, and the um, psychology behind it, it is actually genetic. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so this is going to be fascinating. I can't wait to hear what Jim has to say. Yeah, we too. only have an hour. And we, let's bring we, him we on. Took, let's... We done took <laughs> almost five minutes right now. So let's get it. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get in my hot seat. Why don't you go ahead and introduce? And I will introduce that. Jim Marjoram, who turned to Christianity as a teenager to find a solution for his homosexuality and lived a life of lies and deception, self-hatred, depression, and suicidal thoughts. In the '90s, Jim became a Christian uh, involved with Living Waters which is listed here as a gay conversion therapy organization. He was there for 15 years. I want to talk to him about that. Mm-hmm. Alongside his, his second wife, following her death in 2011, Jim began to unravel his faith, sexuality, and life in general. Today, he is the author of CORE and the founder of Silent Gays, a project that provides resources, compassion, unconditioned love, and safe places for those silently suffering in and from religion. There you go. Jim, how are you? Welcome, Jim. <laughs> Very hey, good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So, may I, uh, before I don't take all the time, I just want to say one thing. One of the interviews you read that I read, you were um, talking about, and I'll quote you what I wrote read from it. After years of counseling, casting out demons, breaking family lines of oppression, and just about every crack thought idea imaginable, including marrying a woman. <laughs> <laughs> there's straight people who would agree with you on that <laughs> all right so Shazim, talk to us um you uh this the, the, what we're talking about here is gay is conversion therapy which we all know sucks but let's talk about that what did it do for you like what was it 
I don't want to say the worst part. I've had personal experience with living water. So go. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Who? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm really my entire adult life was, was never ending conversion therapy in that it was, I spent all my adult life from about uh, 18, 19, when I actively decided to change however I could. And Christianity seemed at the time uh, the obvious way to do that. Um, just because I, I'd become a Christian at 15 and it seemed to promise so much. So mm -hmm. I thought this is the way to do it. So really I went through every form imaginable until I was 55 and um, my wife died and we'll more into that later. Um, and, and so the last 15 years of that, I was in Living Waters, which, um, you know, is on ostensibly one of the most loving forms of conversion therapy out there. Um, <clears throat> but it doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> minor detail. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the only form of uh, that I, I didn't actually go through was the more severe forms of, you know, electroshock therapy and, and aversion therapy and things like that. Uh, I could never go down that route. But I went through lots of, you know, demonic deliverance and, and all those you know, bleeding edge sort of uh, Pentecostal, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it was, uh, and, and of course, part of that, as you mentioned, marrying a woman, I married twice, um, just to make sure. And um, uh, <laughs> most of us, yeah, do. <laughs> yeah. all it ends up doing is actually screwing around the woman, something terrible, you know, because they're like, what the hell's going on here? Um, mind you, to be fair, both of them knew that uh, I was gay or came from that background so but no there was no it didn't work basically no, no. <laughs> no. yeah Matt, okay. you found out for sure you found out for sure you married two yeah. women <laughs> absolutely yeah. what what is rather what is rather tragic though is that um i only realized just recently each time i married it was um immediately after i fell in love with guys which could never happen. The two guys that I, I just absolutely fell for, and it was a huge mess. And, and almost immediately afterwards, I decided to marry women who were my best friends at the wow. time. So it was sort of my subconscious act to sort of say, oh, I'm not gay. See, I can yeah. marry a woman. So yeah. interesting um, for, for decades. Gay men back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s were married a woman as mm. that perfect um, uh, mask or disguise so they could function in society. So yeah. um, we don't have to go too far down that road to understand. Uh, so no. so um, now, first of all, you, you, gay uh, Living Waters is listed in the introduction as, as a uh, gay conversion ther therapy. Is that, is that all they do now? Because when I was, I went there for a weekend of as a minister, they offered a weekend free for ministers, people who ministers to, and come and just relax, unburden, and get some counseling, et cetera. So they were about a lot of things. Although I must say that they seem to have a, an incredible interest in people's sex lives. <laughs> yes, rather strangely so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the big thing is, is 
they call it relational brokenness. So they don't just do LGBT people. So over the years when I was there, we'd get people who with sexual addictions and uh, all sorts of pornography issues and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. but it was primarily um, LGBT people, um, really. Yeah, that was the main great. focus. All right, I, I was unaware. Oh, the, I wonder the, was the, it a different the, Living Waters because I could tell you five churches in Living Waters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to copy. It's hard to, to take the namers that big. This one was north of is north of Orangeville, Ontario, which is oh northwest of Toronto, um, and they had the international blessing. So, but yeah, uh, they they have to make their money, don't they? So maybe, <laughs> yep. maybe they yeah, branched yeah. out. They, they, maybe they focused on what was bringing in the most cash. Who knows? So, yeah, well, of course, they've rebranded as uh, Restored Hope Network now uh, with Andy Comiskey. I've got a two-edged question. First, I want to ask you, you are a non-theist now, or you are at peace yeah. with the universe, as you put it in one of your videos. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I, I've never got to the point of calling myself an atheist. Um, I, I just have that sort of spiritual bent to me that just sort of, I, 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 don't I can't comprehend the concept of a deity at all um the closest I'd get now perhaps is sort of a, a sort of a zen approach to life Taoist sort of yeah. universal conscious I don't know uh, uh, that's the whole thing I don't know yeah and I'm happy with that <laughs> that, that passes the test sure <laughs> but, um here's the question you were a Pentecostal yeah trying hard to believe and affirm your life according to the, the the biblical outline of what a Christian should be. Now, at some point, it all come unravel. What was the thin end of the wedge for you? Was it all around sexuality and being no. who you are? No, it wasn't. That, that, the sexuality was definitely a key part because I, I couldn't correlate what the Bible apparently said with you know who I my actual sexual identity there was it just didn't match up and there was so that was definitely an important part um but even in my most full-on Pentecostal days I had in hindsight it would be a, a healthy skepticism so even though I'd be hooked into it all I would see the hypocrisy sort of running through mm. it and um so, but unfortunately, uh, the flip side of that is it, it sort of fed my ego a little bit, sort of saying, oh, I can see what you guys are doing. And, you know, and so I'd feel a little bit sort of a little bit better spiritually than they, uh -huh. they did. Yes. Um, but before I became a Christian, when, but as a teenager, um, I was always interested in existential issues. So even as a, as a young kid, you know, uh, uh, spiritual things aliens whatever it might be this was like oh it's fantastic this is what <laughs> of what life is all about and so i was constantly digging into those sort of things so uh christianity was probably worked kept me entertained for many years i think because it offered um there's quite a broad scope of varieties of Christianity and uh, I'd sort of move from one to the other and, and uh, uh, went through one early stage of a very intellectual sort of philosophical stage of uh, you know, Christians and uh, 
they were embracing the writings of Francis Schaeffer and, and Bonhoeffer and um, uh, uh, C.S. Lewis and people like that. And so that sort of satisfied me for quite a long time. But I would always sort of think, mm, uh, I don't know about this. So I think what where it all became undone was uh, as my wife was dying and she she was questioning a lot of stuff herself in some ways, I discovered, I don't know whether you know, the, the grace movement, they call it, yes. which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too, and, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's how I and, got uh, here. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, I, I it, and the whole finished work of the cross and Jesus yeah. died and it's all yeah. done and you don't have to struggle. And, and I thought, oh, this is it. This is fantastic. And then what was really interesting is a lot of the people in the churches and groups I was associated with, um, they said, but be careful because universalism could really trick you up here because yeah. we don't go down that road. Yeah. And yet everything about this whole grace movement pointed to universalism where everyone was safe. And of course, straight out the back door from there, <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, you know, if we're all saved, we're all going to heaven. What's the point? <laughs> that's exactly right, Jim. That and that's the that's the path that my husband and I took, um, and which led us right out of uh, religion and theism altogether. I'm actually an atheist. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I did uh, Andrew Womack's Bible School. That's where I graduated yeah. from. So yeah, talk about the grace movement. Yeah. Wow. Well, we, yeah. we got to the place where we were like, well, if the blood of Jesus covers all sin then it covers all sin and that was that and yeah. we, kind of, we kind of floated around like that for a couple of years thinking hey that's pretty good and then we took it took some time to think about you know whether or not there was a god in the first place so yeah that's when yeah. it all came down for us yeah that, that's very similar to the baptist certain baptist uh, fellowships uh, once saved all of saved so yeah uh, there are so we're still there. saved. I'm still yeah. saved. Then. Yeah, right. We got nothing to worry about. Let's it's, have some great insurance. Now. So, so, yeah, if we're all wrong. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. So, 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 so Jim. Um, okay. So, so you went through. What, was there any other conversion therapy group? It was just Living Waters. Was there other conversion therapy you went through, or Living Waters was the main official umbrella one that I worked with for about 15 years. Right. Um, um, before that, it was just more random things, you know, as guest preachers came through who specialized in it or or there was sort of like one day courses and ministries and, you know, backroom cast out the demon things, whatever. Yeah. So I would just go from one to the other, the other, the other. So Living Waters was a, a, a real hope for me because it was like this is a, a dedicated organization of people who really know what they're doing apparently and um so i jumped in so my wife and i we were uh worship leaders for so mm. I, i'm a musician as well so um uh, we were reasonably prominent in new zealand in the 90s um we moved back to australia for a little while and that's where we got into living waters so they our pastor and back then um was from Montreal and he was very involved with the establishment of living waters over there, even though he wasn't gay himself. Um, so when he moved back to Australia, he said, oh, this is great for you guys. Come and come and do the worship for this big conference we, we've got coming up with the living waters people. So we went and got hooked um, from, from there. I should add as an aside that my wife 
she'd had uh, lesbian relationships as well. So we did have that, you know, LGBT sort of background mm -hmm. between us. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and that hooked us in. So we did quite a few conferences with various guest speakers and weekend retreats. And, and then we ended up doing the full, uh, what are they, 20, 26-week uh, courses. Um, and we do the worship for them. And we became group leaders. Um, so, yeah. And still, and, and obviously, um, you know, you, how, many, how many homosexual demons can you have um, a lot apparently yeah, <laughs> well they just keep coming back you know it, it it is um it, it must it's, we're laughing now but it, it it must be very frustrating to for decades years you know to pray for something and really want something and then and only to have it not go away i mean it's mm. you know and all that pressure from the outside and if you are in that bubble you know in living waters it must have been really large in your in your head and in your life you know yeah, yeah it must have been. Tell, tell me tell me about that like how did it how did it uh, emotional well, right right from young like, like when in my late teens it it it, uh, it all became a huge issue for me. And at one stage I got suicidal in my late teens. And that's when I thought this is, I've got to do something. And that's when I got full on to the Christian looking through that. But really my whole life from there on was, was a constant battle with depression and suicide. Um, so I made one lame attempt at suicide at one stage and, um, and, but I would often, uh, you know, go walking down the road late at night in where we were living in rural New Zealand. They had these logging trucks and I'd think, I'd just step out in front of that truck. And it, oh, right. But I, I, the problem is I'm a bit of a, an empath. And then I'd think, oh God, the poor truck driver. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, you got to make light of it sometimes. Uh, but it was horrific depression yeah. uh, constantly. So when it got to the living water stuff uh, and in my marriage, you, I couldn't allow that depression to be apparent. So I spent my whole life successfully mm. hiding it. And, you know, my wife would sort of say, oh, what's going on? You know, said, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. I'm fine. Thank you very much. And That's usually um, the woman's line. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we did. Uh, we were just talking yesterday about that, about how Christianity and a lot of religious beliefs will actually cause someone to live a disingenuous life. Like it actually leads you to be basically living a lie. You know, depressed, and you can't pretend you're depressed. You're you got. To, I mean, you have to pretend you're not depressed. And you know, in your case, gay. You have to. You got to marry two women. <laughs> Yeah. What was so horrible about Living Waters is um, we would sort of say it's a journey. You know, you don't, you know, you don't expect an overnight change. And sometimes, it, you know, if you've spent, you know, 30 years being gay, well, it could take a lot of years to, to sort right. of unravel all that and go through the, the processes yeah. you need. Interesting. Um, That's true psychologically. But yeah. what happened to this miracle God that changes people? You know what, you're, the, what, what, what Christians say about this? 
and what our biological and psychological makeup will give us. It reminds me of, I don't know if you know the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Granny had the cure for the common cold and you never knew what it was. One episode she realized what it was. Take a tablespoon of this, stay in bed for 10 days, drink lots of fluids and get plenty of rest. And in 10 days, your cold will be gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's phony. It seems like phony medicine to me. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. And it's a way of uh, othering people who don't mm -hmm. deserve to be othered. And what bothered me most about churches is that why? Okay, you love God loves everybody. Jesus died for our sins. Well, why are you not welcoming? Welcome people to your church. What's wrong with you? And I just, I, I personally, I've never, ever felt uncomfortable around gay people. <laughs> I got four kids and three of them are in there somewhere. So, so like, I'm glad I'm comfortable with gay people, but you know, I just did not understand the lack of love. And it seems to be the worst possible sin. It's right yeah. down, uh, it's right in the list, right by divorce, you know? Yeah. Divorce. Yeah. You know what I say about divorce? You, it's better you should get a gun and shoot your spouse. Because you can be forgiven for that. And when you get out of jail, you write a book and you go on a tour and you're a star for a while. But if you divorce, <laughs> back yeah. in church and don't say anything. So, yeah. so, but this has got to have some impact on your life. Now, tell me this, even though you are where you are now, all of the stuff we go through, we end up carrying it with us either in a positive or a negative way. The impact of conversion therapy is any of it still with you? Oh, heaps. I'm always discovering something to do with my reactions to people. Um, uh, that element of judgmentalism, um, it creeps in. I mean, heaps better than I used to be, but I do find myself judging other people in that same way that I used to as a Christian, that othering that you talk about. It's yeah. so deeply ingrained that you, often my initial reactions to someone is, is that same sort of, oh, well, you're like this because of, and it's that sort of, even though there's, there isn't the Christian framework anymore, the, the deeper psychological uh, process of judgmentalism is still, still there. And, mm -hmm. That's a big one. Um, other things like um, uh, being, well, even like sex, for example, it w is fascinating because you, it's, it's sort of like everything about sex, unless it's within a very strict little box toward around Christian doctrines, is somehow wrong or yeah. unhealthy <laughs> or whatever, you know. Oh and that's it's so deeply ingrained that even though you know I, I, I'm now passionately in love and 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 enjoy it, there's still you know, little things yeah. that's in there. Yes, I know. You know what's funny? <laughs> All these good, straight-laced, well-dressed Christians with with the skirts to the knees and ties every Sunday and you know blouse yeah. to neck. Yeah, yeah. You know what they're doing in their bedrooms? You know. Uh, come on. <laughs> I, I was among my credentials. I was a pastoral counselor, certified pastoral counselor. I heard a lot. Ooh, and if yeah. people come to me for counseling for something, I say, okay, why do you worry about this? <laughs> I didn't say it because <laughs> I couldn't. But I think, why? Is this because if, if it's bothering you, that is a problem. If it's not bothering you, have at it. 
that's generally the psychological you know yeah. way look at it. i was really interested in <clears throat> in living waters as a group leader you know you'd get uh uh when we'd have our, our meetings you'd uh the first half of the meeting was uh you know worship and and uh lecture on stuff so then you go into small groups of about six people and there'd all be the confession times and the prayer and for each other and all this sort of stuff and the stories you would hear were just <coughs> mind-boggling yeah. stuff and i'd i'd be listening to them and thinking um part of me were going that's not so bad <laughs> but then i had to put on this whole <laughs> what's wrong with that <laughs> and what was absolutely dreadful was at the end of the courses you'd, you'd all give your little testimonies and say what god's done for you and um some would say oh it's great you know i'm ready to get married now and all, all this sort of stuff and i couldn't i could never I, I sweated over my testimony because I had to word it in such a way that wow. didn't, I had to have some integrity about it. Wow. But I also had to say, but this is really good. You know, we want to keep going and, and I am changing it. This is great. So every year it was this horrific dilemma of what am I going to say? Um, yeah. Behind closed doors afterwards with our leaders meetings and things like that, everyone would, quietly say oh you know i'm still struggling and you know there's all this stuff. but thank thank jesus you know because this is you know i'm changing yeah. but every year it was the same same and on and on so jim I guess, I, I guess you don't know one person who's legitimately changed their <coughs> orientation not one not one no no out of how many years with with living waters 15 not yeah. one person not well. Well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll qualify that a little bit because um, with the whole nature of the LGBT is it's a spectrum. Yeah. So yeah. we talk about, you know, gay, bisexual, for example, but it, it, it's a totally fluid spectrum and anyone can be at any point on that. So the biggest deception with the whole ex-gay thing is that a bisexual person will come along and they'll go through it Bingo. and they say, "Bingo, I'm healed, I'm cured." But all they've done, of course, is they focused their sexuality towards the appropriate end of the spectrum, right. and that makes sense. the ones that actually undermine the whole system. So, right. Yeah. Um, so when you left Living Waters, they they had a, a nice going away party for you, maybe some. <laughs> Maybe some parting gifts. Well, <laughs> it was quite, it was kind of sad, really, because um, I my wife had cancer, and uh, for nearly two years I nursed her, and um, so that last two years very minimal to do with Living Waters because they said, look, you know, take your time off, and you know, you need to look after you wife and make you know all that sort of stuff after she died about six months later uh they said you know look if, if you really if you're feeling up to it would you like to come back and 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 you know do some sessions or whatever with us and you know take another group because they're actually short of leaders for some strange reason um and um i by that stage i'd come out and I thought, wow. because after my wife died, I had a breakdown and I said, I can't do this anymore. This is just, just forget it. Absolutely forget it. 
So, and uh, it was through an email and uh, the leader said, you know, would you like to, and I, and I thought, hmm, like, <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm now out and I'm now gay and I gave this very polite, lovely, never, ever heard another word from anyone. Just yeah. that, that was it. The wall of silence. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention Slack for the people who, uh, who were praying that you commit suicide. Yes. Oh, you read that one too. <laughs> what? what? Oh, that's Christian love, isn't it? Yes. Oh, that, that was, that was awesome. That, I, I was so, <laughs> yeah. Tell the oh, story. Go ahead, insane. please. Insane. Oh, well, I, I just written my book and published it and I just sent, uh, an email out to all the churches in the area, which is probably a little foolhardy, but um, uh, <laughs> like you were asking convert. for it. You were asking for it, Jim. <laughs> yeah, uh, and this guy wrote email back, and it was the most abusive, horrific wow. thing I'd ever said. You know, like praying that I, my filthy pedophile, oh, blah blah, God. whatever it was, and pray oh, that I would God. commit suicide and all this sort of stuff. And I laughed. I thought, oh. I stuck it up on Facebook as a joke, sort of, look, hey, my first hate mail. And it went viral. And within 24 hours, I had our three major TV stations on my doorstep. Um, <laughs> which wow. was, oh, I think, I think wow. I'm going to watch one of those interviews, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you mentioned, just... you mentioned your book. And uh, tell us. Tell us about the work that you've been doing. Um, <laughs> yes, like, and your and your website as well. Tell us, tell uh, us something about it. Right. Well, um, after I came out and did, uh, you know, sort of finally became functional again after, um, uh, you know, having a bit of a meltdown. Um, I really thought I, I have to address all this somehow. How you know I. I not only processing my own trauma and how it affected me, but I thought, freaking heck, I've been part of the problem. I mm. was promoting this XK stuff. So it was yep. sort of like making amends, but it wasn't as black and white as that. It was, it was the real sense that I thought, I understand how this works inside out and I know what it does to you. And man, I've really got to help people yeah. <laughs> get through this somehow. And, uh, so um, I did some training with an organization here called Outline, which is a, a phone support service and general counseling service for LGBT people. Um, and uh, that was wonderful. That filled in my whole background knowledge that I needed about LGBT issues. And um, from a secular, non-religious viewpoint, which is right. rather helpful yeah and um <laughs> yeah a different perspective and, is sometimes is helpful yeah 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 and then i thought you know i need to put together a support network which isn't um religious based because there's a lot of lgbt um christian organizations who are wonderful if you're still you know in a, a christian believer or whatever uh to have that is wonderful and i was like okay great go for it but I deconstructed. So I was sort of, I don't want that sort of help. And I know there's a lot of people who, who they don't want that aspect, but they want people who, someone who can understand what they've been through as a gay person uh, in that religious context. So I thought silent gays, that's what we were. That's what many are. Yeah, LGBT people with no voice, 
you're stuck in this whole thing. So I created Silent Gaze. Yeah. And um, it's been a slow process, a slow burn sort of, uh, as I've learned more about what people need, um, how not to offend too many people at the same time, because uh, I'm, I'm very good at doing that. Um, <laughs> But Me too. <laughs> I, 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 I realize part of it's actually backtracking a bit there is to do with ADHD because often my mouth works before my brain. So uh, it's, yeah, <laughs> never mind. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've sort of slowly been building that up over six, seven years, I think about seven years now. And, uh, also, about five, six years ago, I wrote my story, It's Life, Jim. And um, the, interestingly, the book, I mean, it talks about my sexuality and the journey through that, but a large part of the book is really about my deconstruction and, and how that the intersection of all that. And, and um, so it's a lot of sort of, it's more of a memoirs than a, a biography. Um, and then... Uh, I started writing material. I thought there needs to be some sort of solid resource for people that they can read that describes what it's like to be LGBT, the nature of being LGBT, but also addressing issues of spirituality and religion and that isn't from a Christian bias, but right. is from a neutral saying, this is what spirituality is. This is what religion is. This is how we respond to it. This is why we think we need it. This is how this interacts for LGBT people. Uh, this is the trauma that you can experience from all this mess. And then I then provide a way forward um, so that people can find a healthy self-image, a healthy sense of spirituality or and and um, and move on from there. So that's sort of evolved now. I have this the core books cores coming out of religious experience yeah and um i've got that as a as a book and a workbook and um so if you get the workbook it's the same material but it's got application exercises after each chapter and you can uh, uh comes with email support and uh, a, a private um facebook group just dedicated to processing the the material in the book so uh and that's yeah I'm really pleased with that. It's uh, slowly building up. I've just released. Yeah, I haven't got. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your about the, the website. Um, I, I would think that if you've got a Facebook group, you know, that's, these are the primary areas that you're that you're making progress with. Um, are uh, there's a polite way it says? Are you seeing numbers? Are you seeing people being helped to the point where it satisfies you? Um, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a tricky question. Basically, yes. Um, I'm finding what, uh, like, as I said, it sort of evolves because yeah. I don't want to be dogmatic and say, this is what you need to do. Part yeah. of my thing is to give, most important thing is to give people space to rant and rave process. So my support groups are, um, you could, they're, a huge range of people some are still christian some are atheists and anything in between 
and we're allowed to swear and whatever you want to do in these groups to process so i think people like the the freedom they have there and the area of mutual respect the only rule is that we're just not dicks to each other um and that we just respect each journey each other's journey you know um, a Facebook anyway. rule, yeah. <laughs> so yeah okay so that's basically what you want to accomplish is have people being happy in their skin yes whatever they believe but the sexual yeah. uh, orientation be separate and yeah. be happy be accept your that's fair enough you couldn't ask for more than that could you now yeah. it doesn't probably the only yeah. thing i teach that, that I, I am fairly dogmatic about myself is that all religious and spiritual experiences are subjective and that mm -hmm. we completely lack the ability to have objective empirical evidence whatever it is about any of that so believe whatever you want but the moment you make it a dogmatic belief and you set doctrines about whatever it is um then you've lost the plot because you you can't do it there, yeah. there just is no evidence we're all trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to address existential needs and this, that sense of innate right. spirituality. I mean, spirituality is such a loaded and complex word in the first place anyway. Yeah. But there's yeah. something to all of us. Like I just say, it's our, our innate sense of awe. Jim, we've really enjoyed having you. You're, um, it's commendable what you're doing. Uh, thank <laughs> I thank you for what you're doing. I, I think it's great. And thank you again for sharing with us today. Jim's got a YouTube channel. Just type in Jim Marjoram at YouTube uh, search bar. And you'll find all of his videos, interesting stuff. You've got a book called It's Life, Jim, and another one coming out, and a yep. third one we're waiting for. you got a website that's called yep. Silent Gaze, where you can find out everything you need to know. And yep. Perfect. there you go. Thanks again, Jim. We're gonna we're gonna end there, and hopefully we will have you back again sometime. Yeah, lovely. I've really enjoyed All it. Right. Thanks, yeah. guys. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, Bye, -bye. everybody. Yeah.